It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. TheWhoThatDaily.com. That's right, TheWhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, TheWhoThatDaily.com is your site. TheWhoThatDaily.com for the sport Who That in all of us. TSE going down first five-game losing streak of the Sean Payton era plus Taysom's injury. This one's what this one's called. Much love to the great Saint Tank Tank. I appreciate you guys being up early on this Saturday uh morning. So happy Saturday to the family members. Appreciate y'all being in the live stream. Much love to you guys. Thank you guys as well. So like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. I'm Big Q in the building, and this was supposed to be the recap stream that was set for Saturday. We had technical difficulties that ultimately ran into my Pelican post-game report uh, show. So the sports coma had to be moved to Saturday morning. So this is why we're here. So big ups to the fam. I appreciate y'all being in this installment of the show. Thank, and sorry for those technical difficulties. But we are here now, baby. Much love. All right. So big ups to the fam. Brother Torres Shepard, who that to you? A uh, brother Gundam, who that to you? Brother Jerry, who that to you as well? Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all being up in the stream. JT, who that to you as well? All right. Big ups to the rest. All right, who else we got here chilling? JT says, uh, me and Q talked about this years ago. Beware of what, uh, beware of what's going on. Uh, believe what you see. All right, thank you there, fam. Appreciate you. Uh, and uh, Gundam, <laughs> corruption in the officiating. Well, you know, we talked about that. And really, the cover's coming off. We also, you know, there was a discussion uh, online about uh, one of the, and it was several pieces wrote on it about Coach Payton not being properly explained what happened during that call. And usually when bad calls just come out of the wazoo and they were currently, this was something that was going on with the black and gold for some time, man. Since I mean, the years we've been doing the streaming prior to, it's just the family members, the, we didn't have the platform to be able to talk about it and bring light to it. You know, all you had was their platforms and on their platforms, they're collecting coinage from the beast. So then they don't they're not going to want to uh, spot spot check or point out the discrepancies 
and what's going on. But I would dare say, I dare say, and I've been saying it, this, this is not incompetence. It's more corruption than it is incompetence. The referees are used to disrupt and manipulate games. This is what it is. I remember some years ago, they used to use certain athletes to do it. But the most impactful way of manipulating games is through the referees. They're totally protected by the league. They're part-time players, number one. And they're done that way so they can be controlled. Number two is there is no ramifications for their actions. They can make bad calls. They can uh, obstruct games, tear up games, mess up people's seasons. They don't lose any money. They don't lose any. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And really, it's not the referees. It's the people at the top telling the referees what to do with these egregious calls like the guy got hit in the back. No, he didn't get that was not a block in the back. That wasn't even close to a block in the back. But constantly you keep seeing this happen as well in every game, some more egregious than others. Like if the last really big stupid garbage call that you've seen from these rotten, corrupt bastards was back in the Tennessee Titans game when the ref spotted his ass, and I showed you all on the stream, with him looking downfield, now if it was about Tannehill, Tannehill laying on his belly like a guppy, and everybody turned, including the referee, watching what's going on downfield. What what happens there? If Marcus, if the Tennessee Titan player catches the touchdown, there's no flag. As soon as he seen Marcus Williams catch that inter, uh, interception, the the, the rough and the passer came out. He was watching downfield to see what happened. Why would it matter what's what's happening downfield if the foul is right before you. We're getting more and more on them, and that's why I keep saying you point out their corruption. That's the only way you make it go away. That's the only way you, you, you pull the curtain from off of them. If you don't see that, you're allowing them to operate a fraud. So you have to be able to pull that shit up off of their ass, and that's what I'm about, calling it real and keeping it real. You know, and that's what it is, fam. So in this one, another bad call, he couldn't even get it, and that's why, that's why I keep telling you, Coach Payton's eyes are open. That's why he's off that competition committee. He got up off of that. He said it was the right time because he realizes a bunch of BS. It's only so many years that you can sit up here and look at this shit and not say, oh, what happened there? It's only people that's fresh to the game that don't know what they're looking at that can't see what's really going on out there. But keep living, keep thinking, and you'll see exactly what a lot of us see eventually. So I would consider it, I would say, more corruption than it is incompetence. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are very incompetent. But when you see egregious calls like that with no explanation, that's straight up corruption and manipulation, man. Come on. I mean, I've been looking at this shit for a long time. Big ups to the rest of the fam. Yeah, he says, go back and look at the game. I see referees holding their earpiece before they play. Yeah, they're being talked to. They don't even, they, at one point, they were allowing the referees to make calls when they were in the boots to call these things. But now it's a total oversight. Like in the NBA, they were, they, get uh, a consultation from Secaucus, which is where the NBA officiate headquarters operate in the game with the Saints. And of course, that's just one call in the game. The Saints had several opportunities to win the game, man. I mean, we can spot check the garbage bastard referees all we want, but at the same time, the Saints have to execute in these games. They have a chance. They got to. The defense gave the Saints the ball several straight series at the back end of the fourth quarter for them to do something. And every time that, the offense said, we don't want to win this shit here. Y'all take it. We don't want it here. You take it. Throwing it and gave it away. So, I mean, it's it's a part of doing the right thing. And yes, you have to play through the corruption. You have to play through the garbage referees. We've been beating the referees' ass for years coming up here trying to steal touchdowns and points off the board. That ain't nothing new to us. We've been stumping a rotten, funky ass in the ground. And we've not been calling them out for years. But also the team has to do what it's supposed to do, offensively speaking, to handle business. And we have not done that. Business. All right, big ups to the rest of the fam. Brother Prime's in the building as well. Big ups to the fam. Appreciate Brother Prime. Elite's in the building. Who that to you? Clint is in the building. Who that to you as well? What's up, Brother Derek? Who that to you? My boy Hoodie is in the building. What's up, Hoodie, my man? Appreciate you, my friend. And let me see. Out there. Okay, there you go. And I appreciate your super in Big Q of Trevor ain't the answer because he can't scramble and not enough weapons then he'll can run but can't throw <laughs> god damn i mean good could we take a genetically a gene machine and just merge them together and you'll have a halfway decent quarterback with you if you can <laughs> take a damn 
a, a gene machine and combine a combinator and put them together. I don't know if such a thing is. And then mesh them together, and you'll have a decent, halfway decent quarterback to finish the season with. It says, uh, Hill can run but can't throw because of broke finger. Is it time to see what the rookie can do? Yeah, I would say I'm not a, a, a person that would advocate. First of all, thank you for your uh, super chat there, Hoodie, my man. Appreciate you, bro. I'm not a person that would advocate putting any player that, like a Taysom Hill who's dealing with a finger issue on his throwing finger in a position to be a guy throwing the ball. If that's an injury out there, he's saying he's trying to p- play through that thing, I'm against that because that's not going to help him in the long run. That's a bad idea. Now, the only other two options is you either go back to Trevor Simeon, which a lot of people don't want to do, or you give Ian Book the job, which pretty much says if Ian Book gets the job, then what occurs is the rookie takes over, which means that the Saints season, they're just going to play for the future. That's what the rookie represents in many people's mind frame. If, If Ian Book comes out, that means the Saints are, throwing the towel in on the season. They're sticking to Taysom is because the Saints are trying to salvage the season and trying to do something with that thing. So, I mean, I wouldn't, it's going to be intriguing. I would not advocate him playing. Uh, if it was his offhand, that's the issue. But even in the game, you can see it was affecting his throws because he had a Traquan Smith throw that had he just throw, threw him open, that was an easy touchdown but he threw it right on him and the cornerback was able to get to him and knock the ball away. So, I mean, you can see it was impacting him. And then the very next play, he tried, tried to throw the ball to Ty Montgomery and threw it at his feet. He just didn't, he could not throw the ball. So if it was on his offhand, fine. If it's his throwing hands, you have to think about that thing. And really don't be surprised if uh, the saints at some point go back to Trevor Simeon uh, to try to help him try to break the, the 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 negative streak that we're currently on. So, I mean, you are going to eventually get an Elvin Kamara back to work with Ingram. You will get some, you know, and maybe perhaps you can still use Taysom in a limited capacity as a running back to run the ball along with those said players and then operate as a wide receiver. So the duality of what Taysom Hill represents, it probably you would have to do a, 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 if you want success right now, and it's not idyllic. But a Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill mixture at the quarterback position, him sprinkled in different places, along with Elvin Kamara and Ingram and all those guys back, back will be enough where you could be able to ups, not upset the Jets, but my goodness, beat the New York Jets. And no game is a gimme, by the way. So appreciate that. That's my thoughts on it, my friend, uh, as well. So thank you, Hoodie. Appreciate you, bro. All right, and big ups to the rest of the fam, man. Big ups to everybody in the building. I appreciate y'all uh, being in this uh, building on the uh, on the Saturday stream. Uh, Brother Paul, he, Brother Paul is in the building as well. Uh, he says, I'll be glad when the gutless Saints season is over. No playoffs and definitely no Super Bowl this year. Still five games left to go, Uncle Paulie. So I'm, I, I'm never the one to just be like, listen, uh, unless I really see that they are like terrible. You know, and they're, and it's like, but the offense stinks. You know, the, uh, you can see it's just, you know, it's just so much. The communication is bad because you got new guys coming in and new guys, and it's the new chemistry issues that keep presenting themselves because of the shifting of the rosters. So for success to happen, you have to have harmony and communication along the offensive line. The And the reason why the Saints offense is struggling is simple. It's not just the quarterback. It is the offensive line. The offensive line struggles. It affects every aspect of the offense, running back, wide receivers, tight ends, everything. Nothing goes well because if the offensive line is not there, you can't run block. You can't run block, meaning you can't run the ball properly. You can't protect the quarterback like you really want to. Plays can't develop. And then, of course, Coach Payton's offense, he likes to use mobile Offensive linemen to kind of move around to set up screens and running back screen, tight end screens, wide receiver screens. We are similarly, we kind of semi screen heavy here. So, Coach Payton loves the uses of the screen to kind of surprise teams. And you have to have mobile offensive linemen to get out in front and block in in those screen situations when we run them. And as you can see, if you go back and watch the film, in some of these games, the offensive linemen are late getting out on those screens to block properly to allow our offensive players to gain that yardage. So 
I've pointed out in what in several uh, uh watch parties about offensive linemen, not just the uh the uh guys filling in for injury, you know, for players that are injured, but also veteran offensive linemen that been there, just not knowing when the snap count is, uh going out there missing blocks, all of that. So when the offensive line struggles, you're gonna have hell in the handbasket on your offense and we in they struggle that mean they get dominated by the opposing defensive line which presents a whole new set of issues so remember the battle is won in the trenches that is the mantra and that is the real deal truth is that the battle was won in the trenches and the saints aren't winning any trench wars currently i'm gonna just keep it honest with you Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. All right, so that that's okay. Big ups to the fam. Thank y'all, man, for being here. And Hoodie had another super chat here. Let me get to that one. Uh, he says, "Crazy that we kept pounding the ball down their throat. They couldn't stop Hill run game, and when they got down on the side, we do. I know. I and yeah, Hoodie, you're right. And and good observation. We pointed that out during the watch part. It's like the the Cowboys defense was they were gassed." Because Taysom was running right up. It wasn't just Taysom, it was Ty Montgomery hitting him with it. You either had a little Ingram with it. And we just had to stick to what worked. And then, of course, it all went to hell in the handbasket because Taysom couldn't deliver the passes. And two back-to-back pass plays after that were poorly thrown balls, which if he would have threw, like I said about the the Traquan Smith pass out in front of him, he would have had an easy touchdown. And, of course, even when the pass went to Ty Montgomery, they had a guy – in the vicinity, but he didn't give him a chance to catch the ball and turn and then get upfield. So you have to be able to think about that because when you're running around and the wide receiver turns and look at you, he's not, he's going off the memory of what he saw before he turns to you. You see what I'm saying? Like if you're looking out there and there's a guy 15 yards away from you, that's your last thought that that guy's 15 yards away from you because you're now turning to face the quarterback in preparation of the pass coming to you. The, the quarterback can see beyond the wide receiver while the receiver's looking at him. He can see where that defensive back is and if he's closing. So you have to have the presence of mind to be able to say, I don't want to throw him into a debt trap. I won't throw him into a situation where he's going to get his, his block knocked off. <laughs> I don't want to set a trap for my wide receiver. So, I mean, it all that plays a part, man, and what's going on out here. But, yeah, the Saints, man, offensively, the offensive line is struggling in my opinion, we got some articles we're going to go over. And in this show, like I said, this was supposed to be the recap stream for the Thursday night game that ran a little late. And we were supposed to do this show Friday. But like I said, we had tech issues, uh, which rolled all the way into the Pelican Post game report. I got stuff fired. And I'm like, I'm not going to do a one o'clock sports coma. A lot of people's like, yeah, you can do a sports. Keep us up late. Nah, fam, we're just going to do it early in the morning. <laughs> now, this is my usually my time frame for Tough Tiger Talk. So I'm going to move that down further into the day uh, to actually tonight. And we'll talk about Tough Tiger Talk, uh, the latest coaching news. And we'll have all our LSU family members to chime in. We'll open up the lines and stuff and talk about the new coach. All right. So thank you for that, man. Appreciate you. And thank you all guys for your super chats as well. So much love to the fam. All right. As well. All right. So uh, who else we got here? Chime in. Okay. Smallville popped up here. Uh, and got uh, thank you, Smallville, for your super chase. Said we should be six and one. Peyton snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Giants by trying to use Hill. Man, we need Winston uh, back next season. Winston is back next season. Okay, thank you for that, Smallville. Appreciate you. Well, uh, the New York Giants game. Um, I would say the Giants game was in there, and the Saints were by double digits. I would say that's more on Dennis Allen than Coach Peyton. Now, of course, you could say, well, Q. He picked coach. He he picked coach Dennis Allen as his D coordinator, so it's it's somewhat of his responsibility because he's the head coach. I get that, but specifically, Dennis Allen has total autonomy over the Saints' defense. 
Uh, Sean Payton doesn't get in his face and mean mug like he's done several of his previous defensive coordinators he respects and love Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen in that game, I think it was uh, we should have put more pressure on uh, on Jones. We allowed him to get too comfortable, and then the, the Giants surged in the fourth quarter, scored multiple times, pushed the Saints into an overtime period in their building, and then walk, walked down the field on the Saints' defense to score not a field goal but a touchdown, denying the Saints the opportunity to respond offensively. So I would think that's more on the defense than that was. And, of course, that was several times in the season where the defense did fail the offense when they stepped up. Another time was in the giant in the uh, Atlanta Falcons game when the defense, uh, which helped the which helped the Saints offense get the opportunities necessary to score the twenty two points in the fourth quarter to be able to set up a situation where they took the lead by two, but then that same defense that afforded the offense the opportunities did not hold up the game. They allowed them to march sixty plus yards up the field, setting up a field goal for you to lose. So the defense hasn't been perfect. No unit has been perfect. But the situation right now is the fact that we must, as a offense, we know we got to settle our offensive line and get them on the same page. Whether we come in with a lot easier plays for them to digest, something has to give. We have to have a core set of plays that are domination plays that we use to great success. If we go back and look over the film, what particular plays that we use that we're very familiar with that you see they're confident in running. A lot of this has uh, have to be, you know, so like, like I said, it's the communication on the field as to understand what they got to do. And a lot of that onus falls on the veteran offensive alignment to be able to coach the younger offensive linemen on the field with them. That's taking uh, the places of our bookend tackles, Ramchek and Tyron Armstead. They have well, Hurst comes in, he has a good familiarity. But when you have another guy like Ben Nock comes in there or whoever, you got to make sure these guys understand their roles on the field and what they need to do, yada, yada, yada. So, thank you, Smallville and Hoodie, for your commentary. Big ups to the fam, I appreciate you guys as well. So, uh, big ups to the fam, we having some, some uh, issues right here. Uh, sorry, I'm a little look like I'm a little blurry there, but we kind of working through that thing. Uh, but yeah, big ups to the fam, the rest of the fam, Nola Balls and the rest of them. Nola Balls, much love to you. Uh, Scoob, thank you, my boy Scoob in the building. What's up, pimping? Uh, he's a, been a, a member, uh, pro ultimate overlord member. Much love to my dog Scoob for 20 months. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. And thank all of the rest of the family members at our YouTube family members that signed up for the YouTube channel and also our Patreon champions as well. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, so with that being said, fam, we're going to recap a little of this thing. I don't want to talk about it too much because it stinks, to be quite honest, which it stinks to high hell. <laughs> but the name of this one, man, is, uh, you know, the Saints' first five-game losing streak in the Sean Payton era. And, you know, and it's culminative of uh, a lot of the dysfunction that's going on. Guys are out, but usually when guys are out, guys come in. And we got to get them on schedule so that they execute. And when it comes down to you see a lot of the screens are not properly executed. Guys are missing blocks. And what that happens is that less that less impacts the play. The play is severely less impactful. And what do you do from here? You got to keep going through it. You're going to get some guys back Ram and, and Tehran will be back for the Jets, according to early uh, uh, commentary on the field. Also, Elvin Kamara is another guy that should be coming back to help out the Saints offense. The thing is, is uh, what's, what's the move on Taysom Hill? I think uh, uh, Coach Payton goes to Trevor Simeon before he goes to Ian Book. Simeon's here for a reason. Coach Payton's familiar with him. He likes him. And then we might see a situation where Taysom Hill simply shouldn't be the quarterback, in my opinion, because of the injury that occurred to his finger or to his to his throwing hand. That's, that's problematic because you've seen he was having problems with it all up in the game when he's trying to pull the splint off his finger, he was not comfortable. And you could tell his passes didn't have the same pop as they had on him. And that ended up really impacting a lot what we've done. So uh, you might have to see a dual quarterback system with Kamara and these guys returning back into their roles. And that should be enough to get you over the hill against the jets. 
and help break the five game slide. If you lose to the Jets and go into a six, and I'm just saying if, because you, sometimes we got to look at both of them, both sides of it, you lose to the Jets, I would relatively say it'll be a difficult situation for the black and gold. So you have an opportunity now to do it, to, to get a win against the Jets. And I'm not focused on anybody but the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Right now, when you're at this stage of it, it's one game at a time. You can't focus on everything. You got to sink in and get it to a focalized light point and say, man, listen, this is what we got to do. We got this ahead. So we're going to get let's get into some of the articles, fam. Please hit the like button. If you hadn't hit upon the like button, hit the like button. And good morning to the family members. Appreciate y'all all being up in this thing. Mocha, Jim Kev, Dedrick, Nola Balls, Nick, uh, uh, Shane, Colorado, Ferguson, uh, Dedrick. What's up, fam? All right, Uncle Paulie, Brother Dada, Daniel Burton, uh, Devin C., Leaping Cat Productions, Charles Winston, uh, Slade Smith. Uh, who else we got in the building? Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's everybody. Trey, what's up, Trey? Uh, big ups to with Joe Gidry. What's up, Joe? Big ups to you, brother. Alpha Sports, Clint, and all of the family members. Smallville, a hoodie. Kai the Great. What's up, Kai? All right. Eternals in the building as well. Big ups to you, fam. Appreciate all of y'all. Brother Lavelle's in the building as well. All right. Much love. And who that to all the fam, you know? Big ups to all you guys. Zach, what's up, Zach? All you guys appreciate you being in the stream. All right. Who that? All right. So let's get into it. All right. What's up, Hemisphere? Snake Bite, uh, Jordan, Joseph Thomas, uh, Chris Henderson, Robert. What's up, fam? What's up? How you doing, my friend? Good morning to you, too, bro. All right, big ups to the rest of the fam, man. You know I got to give a shout-out to the Who That Nation, man. Much love to you guys. What's up, Ant-Man? Big ups, fam. Troy Thompson, what's up, brother Troy? Much love. All right, let's get into this one, man, and then we'll get the rest of the statistics, and then we'll kind of move into the uh, portion of the show where we open up the phone lines for a couple hours. We'll be here to right up to about noonish, and then we'll break off. Uh, I got a few things I got to do today. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is the – is inspired by this article from Saints Wire and Mr. Sigler. Saints hit rock bottom in first five-game losing streak of the Sean Payton era. Now, this is big because that just affords you to let you know how much success that Coach Payton's had since taking on the job in the black and gold is that we've never suffered or had to endure a five-game losing streak in all of, over the many years that Coach Payton been here since, what, was it 2006? That's key. That's very key. But yes, this is uh something that has to this is I had to kind of do this because we don't often be in this position. You know, we really don't. All right, let's get into this article right here, fam. Uh, and we'll get over it. All right, uh, and and this is bad as bad as it's ever been for Coach Peyton Sean, uh, New Orleans Saints teams. Their 27 to 17 loss to Dallas Cowboy on Thursday night extended their losing streak to five games, the longest losing streak of Peyton's tenure. New Orleans had lost four games in a row few times but this is a this breaking new unpleasant ground he's snapping a 235 game streak without dropping five consecutive losses the fifth longest streak in the league history which stretches all the way back to the oh man the five loss into jim haslett's at the back end of his coaching career and i remember that all right so how do we get here a flurry of injuries to assume positions of strength like the offensive line teron armstead ryan ramchek andrews pete and have all earned Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl recognition in the defensive ends rotation with former first round picks Davenport Turner out of action for agent pickup passing your sideline. Elvin Kamara is the team's best player and he hasn't been active for a game since November the 7th. And those are the tough hurdles to overcome. Also, we missing our best kicker, our best wide receiver. So, yeah, it, it's a part of the game. It's more difficult when other position groups aren't pulling their weight. Callaway steals, Traquan Smith saw combined 16 targets in the Cowboys game and converted. Three catches for 28 yards. That's Porsche. Steels in particular gave an extremely poor effort on a shot at the goal line that was deflected off his hands and intercepted by the defense. Maybe the Saints waited too long to give him another shot. Either way, he doesn't add anything to the offense at this point in his career. The receiving core as a whole is a talent deficient. And let me just say that Sigler's been on this thing about the offensive line. And he is, I'm not saying he's not true. And a lot of you want, and I think, Credit to Coach Payton for being dedicated to the wide receiver room because he believes in these guys. He didn't want to come and bring in a bunch of veteran, one-year veterans to kind of eat up stuff from them. And, of course, we know the Saints not dealing with a lot of money 
we knew that ultimately in the economic streets that they're currently in, they would be counting on wide receivers like the undrafted kind to step up and handle business. Traquan Smith's another dude that's supposed to step up. And really, he would have had a better performance. Taysom Hill threw the ball, had a couple of suspect throws in that thing as well. But yeah, Kenny Steele's was this was a very pathetic game by Kenny Steele's. I was calling in the watch stream about stop throwing the damn ball to Kenny Steele's. He was targeted five times uh, and uh, nothing happened. Then you had the interception on one of the plays right there. He was awful. And was, sometimes you got to have one of those, uh, you know, those moments where you have to look at it and say, man. We got to get, you know, Kenny Stills is not giving us anything. Let's at this point, let's try some of these other young guys. You know, let's get some of these young guys in here. We didn't bring Kevin White. Thank goodness for that. Deontay Harris is still appealing in suspension, so we don't know how long we're going to have him. So guys like Quine Baker, Aesop Winston, perhaps these guys could come in and help out because they do have speed. They have they can have the ability to stretch the opposing defenses let's see what some of these guys do i've been advocating for that for a while hoodie says uh book qb1 or trevor qb1 with 50 uh, 50 snaps with heel running plays add to it he'll not dance with hurt finger book can scramble and throw and extend plays and you i like book but i don't think coach payton sees book like we do you know he likes him a lot but i i feel like coach payton sees him as a quarterback that is simply not ready and if he decides to go with a Taysom Hill with a hurt ass finger on his throwing hand or go back to Trevor Simeon that's a true that's a straight up uh uh wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't miss breakfast that's free with every stay count on all the hot fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone like eggs cinnamon rolls and even hot fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave next time do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't miss breakfast that's free with every stay so when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express you'll wake up happy a part of IHG hotels and resorts Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Uh, you know, fl red flag against books preparation. Is he ready? Because I'm pretty sure if Coach Payton felt like he was ready to play, he would play him. And also a lot of people say, okay, if you play in book, that means you ain't trying to make the playoffs. So remember, that's a process too. So most coaches are going to try to ride with the veteran players because they're trying to get this thing together. The Saints are not going to tank. They're not about tanking. They have to look at it one game at a time. And like I said, the best option right now is I like uh I like him but book but a limited understanding of the playbook right now and coach Payton feels like he's not ready. So if you're gonna have success moving forward it, it, when with Taysom Hill hurt, you're gonna have to go back to the dual quarterback approach, which I don't think Coach Payton would be upset about that at all, going back to the dual approach. But we'll see on the Ian Book thing. I would like to see him myself. Uh thank you for that uh, hood. Appreciate that man. All right. Uh and uh yeah, yeah, I'm open. I'm open them today. Yeah, I, I'm open them up, buddy. All right. Uh Rich Rule says uh to say the Saints are a multi-billion dollar company, they have garbage medical staff going back to not giving MT good advice. Thank you, Rich Rules, for your uh super chat, you too, hoodie. Uh, but yeah, the medical is handled by Ashna, Ashna Hospital. And Ashna Hospital, uh, we dealing with some stuff, man. I mean, we really are. And sometimes, you know, early on it worked, but then when they signed the deal with Ashton Hospital. But right now, uh, you know, injuries abound, man. And that's when you got to make sure you have the proper depth. And the thing that really hurts the Saints is to have money so that you can bring in players that can come in and help you, veteran players that can come in and help you do some stuff. But when you counting on young, inexperienced players to get it, to win with them and have to, to, to expedite their learning process and to force them into a role that they perhaps is not ready for. 
because some are ready, some are some some aren't. We see that. But right now, the Saints are like, you know, we need these young guys to contribute or these undrafted guys to contribute because right now we're dealing with monetary issues. We can't go out and swing for the fences like we wanted to. They had an opportunity to get not only OBJ, but they had an opportunity to get Darius Slayton from the Giants. They just didn't want to surrender the capital necessary to bring these type of people on the team. And you were like, well, why not? Why would you not? Because is Coach Payton that blinded for his love for his wide receiver room? He believes in these guys. He thinks that these guys will be good. And the truth be told, the, the wide receiver room will be better for all of these live game reps that they're having this year. They will be better than what they were, did, uh, you know, early on. The issue is, can that usually when they get that much, that many reps going on, you know, you get later into the season, they're a lot seasoned so that they can be able to contribute at a heavier level. But the issue is, can we get there? Can we get to that point? We got to shrink the focus of the team down to winning a game. And that's what it has to be. And we have to stay within that, that, that confine. That's what it is. All right. Big ups to the fan. What's up, Dre day. Who that to you, fam? Appreciate you as well. Let's finish up on this fam. All right. Uh, and of course, if they talk about Kenny Stills and the Saints wide receiver room having issues, and that's been a season long thing and the impacts of the offense is large. It doesn't matter uh, which quarterback is put on the center. Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, struggled all struggle to work with such a weak set of pass catchers. Rookie draft pick and book wouldn't do any better. This is a problem Peyton created by years of neglect drafting. And now we, now all we can do is grind our teeth and hopefully finally gets around to addressing the issue in spring. Don't count on it. Will it be too late? Probably the Saints have five games left on their schedule and all but two week 14 against the Jets and week 16 against the Dolphins or against teams that either have a winning record. Week 15 against the Bucks. I've already beaten New Orleans this year. Uh, no, actually week 15 against the Bucks or have already beaten New Orleans this year in rematches, which was week 17, 18 with the Panthers and the Falcons. Now, sure, the Saints could miraculously cure their worlds and go on a five game winning streak starting off against the Jets next week. But that shit doesn't feel realistic. This team is too flawed and too snake bitten to pull off a feat like that. You just won't hear the pessimism from Peyton or anyone else on his staff. They have a lot of work to do and plenty left to play for. Don't look for him to throw in the towel. Yes, this is true. Well said. Uh, and Coach Peyton, you know, is uh, has a winning record as a head coach and is a future Hall of Fame coach for a reason because he has a positive mindset. He knows football. And the only issue I see with Coach Payton that is worth mentioning is the fact that he has a propensity for the past that gets him in trouble. I mean, he's too in a hurry to set up the past and not patient enough in his principles to stick to the run. That sets up the past. So if you can be patient with that, like when we were hitting him with Taysom Hill, just grinding out, Dallas was tired. He couldn't help himself. He had to go to the air with Taysom Hill and it destroyed the drive. So, I mean, in the end, you know, it's a part of the learning process when you're dealing with uh, Coach Payton. But I have to say, uh, we'll we'll see what this goes. Because when you are at these these type of straits, uh, desperation and a certain a sense of urgency kicks in, and you start reevaluating certain decisions or moves that you make in an attempt to change or move things around from what's working and what's not working. So that's the positive of being uh, this bad in the season. All right, so uh, Mocha asking, uh, so uh, Q, you're saying it's a lose-lose situation for Peyton regarding the quarterback position. Damn, no, I'm not I'm not saying a lose-lose. I don't think I use that verbiage. What I'm saying is, is that book, if you go to book right now, it's a message that, you know, we're just developing this quarterback into the future. I don't think Coach Peyton sees uh, Ian Book as the answer right now. Like I said, and remember, I, I opened the show talking about the offensive line, and then Sigler mentioned it in his piece right here, well said. Well written is the fact that he spoke about the offensive line and, and the continuity issues among the offensive line. If your offensive line is not communicating properly and they're not doing what they're supposed to do, it obstructs everything in the entire in the offense because the offensive line is key to the success of everything. If the offensive line is not run blocking the setup, you can't balance your play scheme. If it's not pass protecting, then it will disrupt the quarterback. Quarterback won't be able to find the wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, so on and so forth. So I think that's a part of it. But if you're looking for success right now to try to salvage the season, the best option is to go with a dual quarterback system because Taysom Hill is uh, uh, has an injury to his throwing finger. And you can, his throwing hand 
which is uh, why you see that he couldn't complete passes that he usually probably would have made. But, I mean, we'll see how it all goes. And they're talking about him playing through it, which is an article that I'm going to show you in just a second. But, yeah, I, I don't. it's not a lose-lose situation because you're getting some offensive uh, skill set players like Kamara back. And I think Coach Payton can make that work. But, you know, it's like I said, the offensive line has to communicate better to protect the guy. All right, so let's go into this uh, article right here, also from Saints Wire, and it's talking about Saints QB Taysom Hill would, would attempt to play through throwing hand injury, which uh, I don't know if I'd be an advocate for. I wouldn't know if I wouldn't want him to, to do that. And that's on his throwing hand, man. So I don't think that's a recipe for anything. This is from Adam Schefter dropping this. He says Saints doctors determined that QB Taysom Hill suffered a mallet finger injury Thursday but will not require surgery considering it's not as extensive as the one Russell Wilson suffered earlier this year per source. He'll now will try to play through the injury. Now that's what reported by that Adam Schefter. Now he'll throwing hands. Uh, let me look this up mallet finger and give a more break, a medical look at the mallet finger and we'll go And You know what I do when I'm not familiar with, I look up shit. All right. So uh, yeah, and I remember what happened with Russell Wilson. That was ugly. Uh, his throwing hand struck a uh, Dallas Cowboy defender during a pass in Thursday's night's loss, crumpling uh, his middle finger and tearing a tendon that limited his ability to grip and spin the football on his throwing hand. And you're going to try to play through that, not as a quarterback. You can't grip the ball and even spin it the way you want to. So how you? that's what I'm saying. If he does play, it'll be as in a role with Trey with uh, Trevor Simeon as the quarterback and him being used as a running back or possibly a wide receiver, but not throwing of the ball. I just don't see that based on if this information. So a more serious, similar injury to, uh, you know, we talked about Russell Williams earlier this year that led to surgery and a stint on injury reserve, but for now he'll intends to gut it out. They don't have any better options. He'll replace the struggling Trevor Simeon under center who himself was, filling in for injured Jameis Winston out for a year with the torn ACL. The Saints don't have any plans of getting rookie draft pick in book into the game with such a poor supporting cast around him, which makes sense. That wouldn't be fair to him. And he could be very quickly crush books development. Great. Good point. Hopefully Hill is able to overcome his later, a latest injury down the stretch as the Saints tried to chase an elusive playoff berth. He's missed time this season with a concussion and a painful plantar fascia issue in his foot. And things won't be getting easier for him anytime soon. At least he has 10 days to rest up before the next week's road game with the Jets. So, yeah, we got some time here. Got a little mini buy here that we're dealing with. But like I said, uh, do you really want Taysom Hill playing with that type of entry? And look, and look, just to add a little medical to it, fam, watch this. Let me show you this. This was the type of shit the man dealing with. Look at this. That's a mallet finger. And you see, this is a. It says mallet finger is an injury to the end of your finger that causes it to bend inwards. All right. Tendons, your palm, your hand finger, not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> you will not be able to strengthen or straighten the end of your finger because the tendon connecting the muscle to your finger bone is stretched or torn. Your pain, your finger will be pain, painful and swollen. Now, let me ask, what is the recovery time on such an injury? Recovery takes Six to eight weeks for your finger to heal, after which time you'll be able to use it again. You may be advised to continue only to wear the splint at night for up to four weeks. In some cases, you may only need to see a specialist once as a hand. uh, What's that? Physiotherapist may be able to take your care. So recovery time, six to eight weeks here. Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. A little medical on it. And we talking about t- t- nah, Taysom Hill don't need to be in that throwing the ball family. All right, so let's get this article right here and go into this article right here. Let me give you a, a, a laugh and a half. Let me give you something to laugh at uh, right quick. All right, Teron Armstead leads NFC offensive tackles and Pro Bowl voting. Are you serious? Are you serious? How is this even possible? <laughs> uh, how is it even possible? And I said, man, that's got to, and I checked, I, I had to look at the calendar and say, hold on, let me see. Is this April? Is this April 1st? Because this must be April 1st because this this, this can't be the case. This got to be April Fool's Day or something uh, because this is, this is some foolish shit here. <laughs> How? How, Sway? How? How is that even possible, man? The same Teron Armstead 
who was getting beat, uh, bloody blue blazes all kind of way all season long. The same Teron Armstead, just not this the game before the last game, the Buffalo Bill game, who had several different times, didn't even get up out of his stance. That guy is leading how? And I love Teron Armstead, but truth be told, that shouldn't even be a thing. That shouldn't that that is totally ridiculous how Teron Armstead is leading. Uh, the pro, but he had this is one that's I've never seen him play in some of these games this year. Some of the worst games I've seen him to being pushed down, holding all kind of stuff. Man, hell no, how Teron I'm saying leading NFC offensive tackles and Pro Bowl voting. That's there you go, there you go, King Kamara popularity contest. Can't be nothing else but a bunch of BS. Can't be nothing else. That is totally preposterous that Teron Armstead leading all offensive tackles. And Teron Armstead missing games and everything. <laughs> oh, hi, 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 Teron. He missing games and everything, but he leading them? How? How? How, Sway? I mean, come on, man. Uh, it's just ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous at this point. How? How is that even possible? And why? How and why? What fools are voting for Teron Armstead to, to be in the Pro Bowl after the pathetic ass season that the Saints are going on and Teron Armstead getting beat, be getting beat, bloody blue blazes, pushed around, getting ran around? Man, I tell you, man, I tell you. Mocha says, just like Andrews Pete. All right. See, there he is, taking a chance. Bam. Just like Pete Q. Oh, I hear you, bro. I got you. You might have a point if it's like that. <laughs> uh, I know. How, how is that possible? Right. I mean, it, this, how is it even possible? I ain't going to even read the goddamn article. It don't make no sense why this should even be a thing, man. That is really, I thought I had to check the calendar and thought it was April Fool's Day. I thought I was like, hold on. They plan a, they plan a prank on us. They got to be playing a prank on us. If you sit up here talking about Taron Armstead, it sit up here looking at a, 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 a Pro Bowl. Absolutely not. I ain't going to even read the damn article. But anyway, uh, recap, quick recap, final stats on the Dallas Cowboys matchup. Of course, let's go over that right quick, and then we'll open up the phone lines this Saturday, and we'll go up to about 12, uh, I mean, since I've been rambling, about 1230, uh, and then we'll cut off the stream briskly. 17 first downs apiece for both teams in the Thursday matchup. Saints finished 5 of 14 in the third down conversions. The Cowboys, despite being two and thirteen against the Saints defense, still was able to get the win by ten. Saints had more plays, sixty nine to sixty five. They had more total yardage than the uh, Cowboys, four hundred and five to three seventy seven. Fourteen fourteen on total drives. They averaged nearly the same on yards per play, almost six yards per play. Saints had more passing yards than the Cowboys, two fifty two to two thirty one. Even though the four interceptions were thrown and he was sacked twice, that's Taysom, one interception by Prescott, and he was sacked once. Rushing statistics, very admirable. 153 yards of rushing for the Saints versus 146. So the Saints, out, you know, in terms, if you look at statistically. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What the Saints were able to do stats wise, they outperform the at, at the uh, Dallas Cowboys statistically. They outpassed them, outrushed them. 
the problem was the turnovers. You're not going to beat it's, it. I heard what Taysom said was hard to beat anybody with four turn. Let me tell you something. It's not hard to beat nobody when you turn the ball over four four times. It's impossible to beat anybody. <laughs> you just, what you talking about? What you talking about? It's impossible. It's, it's hard to beat somebody when you turn the ball. No, it's impossible. You're not going to beat anybody turning the ball over four freaking times, and then one of which is a pick six to help the team win. Now, like I said, the Saints, credit to the Saints defense, they went in there, and then in the back end of the fourth quarter, we kept saying, man, the Saints defense got to provide some st- some stops. The Saints did three, gave them several stops in the fourth in which the Saints offense said, I don't want this shit. Yeah, you take it. So, I mean, we're it, just at a point of madness. The Saints defense kept giving them the ball belt. Here you go. Here you go. Take it. We just didn't want it. They had several opportunities despite the egregious call. The Saints had opportunities throughout this game to win the game. They had the suspect kick early on and low IQ football calls from time to time. A couple of drop passes in the matchup. Once again, uh, 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 not, uh, poor execution of the screens that Coach Payton was trying to set up. I mean, and then, of course, it started rolling downhill before all of the stuff started happening where the Saints was able to kind of get things going with Taysom Hill. But then ultimately, that was spoiled with two back-to-back pass attempts that destroyed the drive. So we have to have higher IQ football in the moments where it counts the most. We can get there and then just dissolve and allow the opportunity and the window to close in your face. And, of course, you watch what the Cowboys were doing. The Cowboys was in there toe-dragging. Their cornerbacks was toe-dragging. The linebackers, Mika Parsons, was doing his thing. The uh, wide receivers was toe-dragging. Saints, and, and, and it's like, what's up with Marcus Williams on the plate where he chasing the guy down and and, and then a Pollard down, and then he's pointing. He's the only guy back there. What you pointing at? I'm looking at the film, and he pointing. at What are you pointing at? You're the only guy back there. Then he doesn't run at full speed to catch the guy. And then when he finally gets to the guy, does he blow him up? No. What he does is he pushes him into the end zone. So, I mean, it's like at times it's like the moments, the clutch moments of the game don't exhibit poor ass IQ, which Marcus Williams at times, he's been playing really well over the last couple of games. But just when you give him a nickname because he's playing well, calling him marvelous Marcus Williams, then all of a sudden, miracle Marcus Williams comes out and something low IQ moments happen, just like what we've seen right there. Last line of defense, I keep telling you that. Usually, your last line of defense is supposed to be a really intelligent player that's able to uh, uh, make moves back there. And credit to Marcus Williams. He was playing good leading up to that game. And then after that, man, come on, bro. What the hell was you pointing at? It's like, what are you doing? You the last guy back there. Go get the guy. Blow the guy up. Do something. Don't just push him in. Let me help you get the touchdown. And pushes him in the end zone. You know, it's just ridiculous, man. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is at those moments, you have to show up. You've got to show up or you're going to get handed. And then, of course, like I said, the four turnovers, you can't recover from that. Four freaking turnovers and one of the pick six. And the Saints just kept giving the ball away to the Cowboys. Just kept giving it to them. You know, so offensively speaking, because like I said, I can't credit the defense. The defense did what they're supposed to do. But the offense has been so funky that they've been dragging the team down the whole damn year. Well, it's just on the last four games in particular, I won't really count on. And you look at the red zone. Saints never one time in the red zone in the game. They had a couple of strikes from outside. And, of course, you look at the Cowboys one and two in the red zone. Penalty Saints seven to 59. The, the kitchen is closed for home cooking for your ass. Seven penalties for 59 yards for the Saints, five for 35 for the for the Cowboys. And like I said, even in games when you're in your own building, you anticipate the referees to help you, you don't get none of that. <laughs> you don't get no help, no help for you. None, no soup for you. No soup for you, New Orleans. The kitchen is closed. No home cooking. Take your ass up the street and go get some Arby's. No, no home cooking for you. Nothing. The soup kitchen is closed. It's closed. No home cooking for you. That's how that's how it is. All right. And then of course we finish up with this here with the rest of the, the pathetic stats. It says 31 to 54. Even control the time of possession. They control the time of possession. 31 to 54. The Cowboys 2806. 
in that sucker. 31-54 for the Saints, 28-06 for the Cowboys. So the Saints had more passing yards, more rushing yards, had possession at the time of the clock. What was the dooming procedure? What was the dooming thing that really ultimately put the Saints on the wrong side of the loss was the turnovers. You know, you can't turn the ball over like that. And that's the thing that really crippled us in this matchup. So it is what it is, man, as we go. All right. Uh, Charles says uh, Taysom should have just threw the ball away on that play. Yeah, I know. And then it was another play in particular where Taysom Hill should have thrown the ball away on, but absorbed a sack, which pushed the Saints out of field goal range. Well, already out of the pocket. Just throw the ball out of bounds. Just throw it away. That way you still wouldn't have had taken a loss. The Saints would have been in position for a field goal, could have got points off of that. We couldn't. Remember, there was a missed field goal from a ridiculous kick from 50-something yards, I forget. And then, of course, we eating sacks when we're not supposed to. There's no need for you to eat a sack. Just get rid of the ball, player. You know, because when you ate that sack, it kicked you. It, you had to punt as opposed to get a field goal. So that culminating stuff, and then when the Saints get going, and some of these drives, and I said in particular, they have problems overcoming dis- dysfunction or penalties or something like that. Like if a penalty happens, you get pushed back five yards or ten yards on your offensive play. The Saints have difficulties making that yardage up and then getting the first down. It happened on the drive where you had the call when he was blocked in the back. They say which wasn't really a block in the back. We know what that was. That was some BS. But the Saints had issues even overcoming that. They couldn't overcome the call. And when that happened, I said they just simply got to overcome it. They couldn't overcome it. It killed the drive. They punted the ball. So we that's the thing that we have to really get better with. We have to, when we have dysfunction, whether it's false starts, which we have false starts, Eric McCoy in your own building, you know, Miss Blocks, Cesar Ruiz in your own building. So, like I said, at some times, we're going to have to get better offensively with the offensive line. It's got to communicate better. And with the younger players coming in, we got to get them on the same page so that we be able, we can have a, a lot better execution of these plays if we're going to have success going into the rest of the year. Because even if you play like this against the Jets, you're going to get beat because the Jets are opportunistic too, defensively speaking. And they can take something out you. And these are NFL teams. These are pros. Even though they're not doing that well, they could beat you if you're playing like this. So we got to get this together. All right, Charles, that play, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got you. I got you. I hear you, Charles. I got you. All right, DLP says, yeah, they need a new safety back. Then Marcus let the guy run past them. Bonehead decisions across the board. Penalties, bad tackling, chunk plays on defense. Saints defense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. All right, so fam, let's get the rest of this and we'll open up the lines. That's the, the box uh, team stats. Let's get into the box score numbers. As well, uh, Taysom Hill finished the game 19 of uh, 41 for 264 in the matchup. Uh, he had two touchdowns, four interceptions, one of which was a pick six. He was sacked twice. Uh, QBR 28.4, 44.2 on the rate, and he did lead the team in rushing. 11 carries for 101 yards. He had 92 yards, uh, uh, 92, excuse me, 9, 9.2 yards on the average. Ingram was 10 carries for 28 yards. So Taysom Hill was running that thing. He had 101 yards off 11 carries. That's 9.2 yards per rush. He had a long run of 24. If we can just, (laughs) just, man, Ingram, 10 carries for 28 yards, just three yards per rush. Ty Montgomery had four carries for 21 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per rush for Ty. And, of course, the team overall, 26 carries for 153 yards. No touchdowns, though. Deontay Harris, Led the team, four catches for 96 yards and a garbage-time touchdown. Uh, for him, LaJordan Humphreys, two catches for 49 yards, also got a touchdown off of two targets. Nick Vanette targeted four times, three catches for 48 yards. Nick Vanette quietly uh, performing for the Saints in the last couple of weeks. Jawan Johnson had a really stellar catch for 27 yards to help the Saints' offensive drive go, and they scored on that drive. He got his neck rolled, but he came back later in the game. He didn't get another catch after that, though. Traquan Smith, two catches for 15 yards off of seven targets. We got to do better than that. Part of that's Traquan, some of that's Taysom after he got that issue. And, of course, we see Ty Montgomery, four catches off of seven targets for a mediocre nine yards. And Kenny Steele's five targets, he didn't give you shit. And that's why I kept telling you, when it was throwing to him twice, I was like, stop throwing to Kenny Steele's. 
He's not. It's a, he's a black hole out there. Stop throwing it to him. And when they're not giving you anything, eventually you got to start looking at the young guys. Perhaps we need to start looking at some of these young guys, fam. How long have I been saying that? Let's take a look at some of these goddamn young guys. The Trey Quan, the uh, the uh, key, the Quan Bakers or the Aesop Winston's. Can we look at those guys as, as, as opposed to the Kevin Whites? I thought we got rid of Kevin White, but he re and he reanimated himself to the team and took over the body of Kenny Stills. And not Kenny Stills is Kevin White. <laughs> we can't get rid of this deadbeat wide receiver spirit. All right, let's keep it going here, man. And then let's get to uh, the top tacklers for the Saints. Nine tackles for Quan Alexander, P.J. Williams, eight. Marshawn Laddie, Daddy Lattimore had eight and a pick for him. P.J. did his thing and there, had a sack. And he had the only sack of the game for the black and gold. Of course, Laddie, Daddy had the, the interception. Uh, he returned for 15 yards on the play. So outside of that, the Saints defense did the best they can do. In this game, the Saints offense simply could not, you know, usher up enough points to make the thing respectable and of course for the cowboys Dak prescott finished the game and like he usually finished the game. it wasn't a great performance by Dak. 26 of 40 for 238 a touchdown and interception he was sacked once had a rating of 79 uh a 0.0 and then of course they didn't really the, the cowboys rushing attack didn't really uh start to do their thing and it was really tony pollard who had that 58 yard gash run that had explode there running attack, but they were pretty much under wraps the entire game until the defense started wilting toward the back end and they gave up that big run. And the offense, I, like I said, it's a different affair. If the offense is scoring, then it, that would have not happened because the Saints defense started to tire out and Cowboys took uh, a, a good uh, advantage of that. CeeDee Lamb was the top dude. He was thrown at 13 times, got half of his targets, 89 yards, no touchdowns, but he kept the offense on schedule. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, was making really difficult catches, and that's what it what it takes. Schultz is not nothing big, but he 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 was thrown at a bunch of times. He thrown at five times, made all the catches, and most of the time, Saints defenders were crawling all over Schultz, and he was able to still make difficult catches to keep the offense on time. And that's a part of the game that uh, sometimes we be missing. Uh, Cooper was in the game with two catches for forty one yards, nothing big. Gallup had a touchdown on five catches for 36 yards off of nine targets. So the Saints did a pretty decent job stifling the Dallas Cowboys offense. It's just the offense could not score enough points to do what they need to do. And even though it's 17, that was a garbage time score to Deontay Harris on the back end of the game. So with that being said, that's where we are currently. The Saints on a current five game losing streak. That's hence the name of the show. And it's going to, it's going to take uh, one game at a time approach. I don't. I'm not even thinking about no playoffs. I'm just keep it real with you, fam. I'm not thinking about no playoffs right now. All I want to do is win a game, and then next week I'm gonna say the same damn thing. I just want to win a game and win a game again and win a game again. So one game at a time. Let's just get one game at a time. Two games against the Dolphins, where well, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the rest of this. It's part twos to the AFC. It's very unique how they created this thing. And toward the back of the season, we got uh, part two matchups against our NFC South rivals, which will set up everything we need to know. So currently the Saints sitting number 10th, I think it is, in a playoff search. Who cares? And, of course, the NFC South, the Saints are in the cellar. Atlanta is at number two. Carolina is at number three. And the Saints are sitting up as cellar dwellers in the NFC South as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers then took flight on us. They are winners of eight, and the Saints just fell in, fell through the flow. So is the season over with? People telling me Q in the chat. Season over with Q. No, it's not. You got four games, five games left. Uh, let's see what they do. It's not over until it's over, fam. It's not over because you never know what the hell is going to happen. World says playoffs. Playoffs. I just want to win a game. And I feel that, man, and that's what it's about. I just want to win a game. You know, let's just get the streak broken and focus on one game at a time and we'll see what happens. But it's too damn early to be talking about Q. Guess what? The season over with Q. No, it's not. I have people on the Pelican post game report. We do a New Orleans Pelican stream too, family. You can just put that in. If you're a Pelicans person and you want real deal Pelicans talk, put Pelican post game report in the YouTube search and then go there and subscribe. They got people on there telling me Q the season over. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you got 80 something. Man, you still got a whole year of play left. No, it's not over with. How are you saying that? 
you know, but you know, sometimes people just be getting in their bag on stuff. They be all up in their feelings on stuff. I'm like, fam, no, it's not. The season's not over with, not even close. Cut it out. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.